G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our review and rank series for 2023. And today is all about the Netherlands. What a sort of stalwart they are of the Eurovision world. They're there every year, they get on with it, not much controversy around them, all that sort of stuff. You know, and they'll also, that's kind of to me like their fans. Can I just say, I think the Dutch fans might be my favourite fans. Yeah, and there's heaps of them. They're really passionate, but they don't seem to get into the dramas some of the others do. Exactly, and they always, they kind of know. They kind of know when they're good with a quiet confidence, and they, they know when they're maybe not so good sometimes. But Ooh. I tell you, it's been a while since they've not been good, that's Ooh. for sure. Let's look at them at Eurovision overall. Now, let's say it straight up. They were the original basket case of Eurovision <laughs> uh, post-90s. They were very good in the 90s, but I tell you what, they had eight non-qualifiers in a row in the late 2000s and the early 2010s. And my God, were there some shocking entries amongst them, I must say. But they had their Anouk moment in 2013 when she came and gave them a great result. And that is almost like a, a saying now, to have your Anouk moment is to have your comeback. They set the tone for the, all the comebacks that are happening at the moment. Since then, eight of the nine entries have been in the grand finals, and they've had six in the top 11. Now, I'm saying top 11 because they have a very strong tendency to finish 11th, and if you took <laughs> them out, it sounds bad. Um, but most importantly, they had a runner-up, and they had a win, and a win that they deserved because it was building for some time. After a, a slight misstep as host, uh, Die Depte came back with a very solid 11th place Ooh. in a very tough year and a very tough running order. They've been on a massive qualification streak and they want to keep it going. Ooh. Well, who do they have this year for us to keep that streak going, though? Who's finishing 11th this year? They have Mia Nikolai and Dion Cooper with Burning Daylight. I've never been good at crying, always wanted to be the tough type. Nikolai is a 27-year-old Dutch singer, songwriter and actress from Amsterdam. In addition to singing, she also plays the violin and piano. Now Mia has lived in London, Melbourne, New York City and has now settled in Los Angeles. Joining her on stage will be Dion Cooper. He's a 29-year-old Dutch singer-songwriter. He's from The Hague. His father was a drummer in a funk band and he developed an interest in music and began playing the guitar at age 15. In 2015, he took part in The Voice Holland, however, he was eliminated in the battle rounds. Now, the duo were brought together by Eurovision 2019 winner Duncan Lawrence and his partner, songwriter Jordan Garfield, who both co-wrote the song with them. They are an internal selection by Dutch broadcaster Avatros. Well, I have to say, with Mia being from Melbourne there, if this does well, 100% claiming this is somewhat <laughs> of an Australian entry. Yes. If they don't do well, never heard of her in my life. All right, well, let's start talking about the pros of this entry, Michael. Number one, quality of this song and the production around it. Like, it's probably your number one point, but it's obvious. It's so obvious. Mm. There's a few songs this year that just stand out in the production of it. It just sounds good. It sounds expensive. It sounds like something that people from radio stations and record labels will just get behind and they would love this kind of music. Yes, and ultimately, it's a song competition we're in, isn't it? Now, I'm going to say also, I will reiterate that the first two points I had was quality of songwriting and production. And what I also like about the production, there's a crispness that they've given it. They haven't completely overproduced this. 
yet they've still kept that sort of trademark Dutch moodiness in there also. And it progresses and builds as the song goes. So very, very well done. Yeah, and I think it definitely helps that they do have your name attached of Duncan Lawrence. I think that's a good PR exercise. It's a big signal to the juries that, hey, we've got a, you know, Eurovision winning songwriter behind this as well. So that definitely helps there for sure. I think there's also a message in this song that seems to resonate with people a lot. It's probably something that hasn't really done it for me, that line about goodbye old life. I've heard it from a few people that that really means something to them. And I think a lot of people have gone through a lot of life changes post-pandemic or during the pandemic as well. And I think that is really touching a nerve with a lot of people. Hmm, well, good point, Dale. I never thought about that. I'm going to add here, male-female duos have always been a Eurovision staple. So if done correctly, I think there's definitely a market out there for this type of song and this type of production. Yeah, and I think they can sing. Like, they can nail these vocals for sure. And they seem to have the talent to do it. So if they can bring that all together, they can really make this staging potentially work really well with the duo. The Dutch stage well. They generally have. They're going to need to. And I think there is something that they could do in a simplicity of a duo where a lot of the other songs are going to go big this year. And I think they could stand out in their simplicity. Yeah, definitely. They both seem like very accomplished vocalists individually, don't they? All right, should we get on to some of the drawbacks on this one, Dale? Now, the big one for me here is the vocals. I think there's very, very little room for error here. People tend to forgive sort of perhaps some weaker vocal performance in up-tempo song. But this is a heartfelt ballad. You need to kill it. And there's also a lot of vocal blending between the two as well, which can be very difficult in a live setting. 100%. This song completely relies on it. Now, if you make that magic, as like I said before, it can really stand out and be amazing. But there's not much in between. You don't nail this. This can sound messy very, very quickly. And the other part that you need from a duo is a wonderful kind of connection and chemistry that you see. We saw it with Calm After the Storm. We saw it with about a gazillion duos in 2015, Estonia, Norway. Mm. They had that, like I was buying the story. Don't know what the story is here. And at the moment, I haven't bought their connection. Yeah, unfortunately, it kind of looks to me like this is a duo that's been paired together rather than a combination that's come together organically. And look, I mean, that can happen. Mm. Like, I imagine a lot of the duos in the past haven't really, you know, been like, oh, let's make this amazing Eurovision song. Maybe they have. But I think you've got to make that connection work and really work hard on uh, almost acting. This is almost acting. Think about Alina Bourne in 2015. She had a single tear fall down her cheek at the end of that. And the chemistry between those two artists was fantastic. You've got to find something. Fake Mm -hmm. it till you make it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And now as much as I've said this is a very well-written song, I don't feel it was necessarily a song for a duo. I feel like there's not much dialogue between the two singers at all. I don't feel like it's a kind of call and response kind of song. So this could have been sung by one singer, to be honest. Maybe it feels a little overcomplicated. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I hadn't thought about that, but I think the message of it sounds like it's more of an individual thing. Mm. Unless it is a little bit more breakup-y, I don't know. But you said it before about that kind of, I don't know what the word you use to describe the kind of, I guess, sad nature of these sort of Dutch songs. The moodiness. Moodiness. That's a good word for it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just getting a little bit dull, isn't it? And I don't, do we want moody? Um, That's just something that could also go against it, particularly in a semi-final of public vote where actually the Dutch also struggle slightly compared to how they normally do in the jury. So 
This doesn't scream, I want to pick up the phone, but the quality of the song might be enough. Yeah, I've got that moodiness as a possible negative as well, because I've got this feeling Liverpool might be a let's party Eurovision, and you know everyone might gravitate to the big bangers, etc. And now we have this kind of very heartfelt ballad wedged in between in the semi-final, mind you, between Czechia and Finland as well. So I don't know if that's the best spot for it. Well, Dale, it is that time of the podcast where we do get to hear the thoughts and rankings of our Aussie Vision contributors and what have they thought of the Netherlands. Well, the Aussie Vision team have ranked the Netherlands in 12th spot. Ooh, that's very good. It's not 11th, (laughs) but it's not far off. (laughs) That's very Um, good. I I think it's probably a little bit higher than I expected. Well, that's good. It shows that it's probably connecting with people. Yep, six top tens. Ooh. That's a lot. Wow. That's a lot. Mm. Only one in the 30s, and that was 30th. Oh so, like again, it's um, it's certainly grabbing attention. Mm. So who are we hearing from on this occasion? We're hearing from Tim, and we're hearing from Hugo. The song from Netherlands this year makes me feel safe. Safe in the fact that I know that the Netherlands are going to bring a brilliant package on stage to go with this brilliant song. You can absolutely tell that it's written by Duncan because it hits all the right emotional points for me, and I feel genuinely connected to this song. I think the fact that it it has so much emotion to it, and you can tell by the lyrics just how emotional and heartfelt it is, it really connects to me. Honestly, this, this could be an absolute brilliant song on stage. We've seen it before with Netherlands. They can really perform on stage, and I think this has to be at least top 10. Burning Daylight is simply a beautiful song. I love the production. You can tell it's Duncan Lawrence, written and produced. The song is like a big warm hug from the soft piano opening, Dion's velvet vocals, the melodic hook in the chorus, and then Mia comes in with her verse and the harmonies in that second chorus are great. The big instrumental bit at the end gives it that Eurovision impact. Um, and that really lends itself to, to good staging. Having listened to it a bunch of times, obviously I love it and think it's a great piece of music. However, I do fear for the immediacy of it. It took me a couple of listens at least to actually love it. So I'm slightly fearful that it won't actually get to the grand final given it's televote only and coming right before Finland in the running order. I'm not sure if that helps it or not, but as a piece of music, this is simply outstanding. I love it to bits. It really shows that there's beauty and simplicity and I really, really want this to make the grand final. Well, great comments from both our contributors there. It seems like Tim is really feeling that genuine connection to the song. And Hugo and Tim both mentioned the quality of this composition. You can see this is a well-written entry. Yeah, two words jumped out. Well, three actually. One from um, Tim, which was safe. It makes you feel safe. And Hugo said it's like a warm hug. He was talking about the vocals. But there's something that's kind of touching people and making them have an emotional response to the song. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really um, important part that probably I'm missing. Maybe just my cold, dead heart at this Ooh, age. Poss- possibly. <laughs> possibly, yeah. All right. I'll get into our rap and rank on this one, Dale. This probably isn't one of the songs that jumps out to people on first listen. Going back to the immediacy from our comment from Hugo there. I would be more confident qualification if juries were involved in a semi-final, but this is still very, very much in the running. I really hope they can put on a good live performance in Liverpool because I think this song really, really does deserve it. Personally, I really love this one. 
I think overall quality is there. That works for me, and I've got my fingers crossed for an excellent live performance. I've ranked Burning Daylight in 14th. 14? Yes. 14? It's probably going up. <gasps> wow. Mm, really, really good. Lovely song. Lovely song. Okay. Okay, okay. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not like, oh my God, falling over shock, but I'm a little <laughs> surprised. I'm a little surprised. But look, uh, you're close to the team. You're close Ooh. to the team. All right. Uh, for me, I definitely recognize the quality of this song for sure. I think that it ticks so many good boxes. And in my head, I can see all the great things about this. But it's just not reaching me. It's giving me none of that warm hug. It's giving me none of that feelings of safe. The safeness to me is the kind of uh, ticking the boxes of being just a good, well-produced song that doesn't leave an emotional response with me. Obviously, I'm missing something a lot of people are getting from this. And I certainly do like it the more I hear it. I think that Goodbye Old Life particularly that section of the song, is really good and I think a very strong part of it and the part that I particularly like. So I am, I'm not trying to make myself love it, but I guess I'm just trying to get it a lot more and it is taking some time. Uh, I've put it in 29th place. Ooh, okay, so you're one of our lower rankers. And I'll be honest, I was probably this on a good day. I started very low on the song. I had a moment where I was kind of enjoying it to get into my top 30. It's probably actually dropping. I just feel nothing for oh, this. Very okay. little at all. I really don't seek it out and I really don't like to listen to it. Oh, jeez. I feel really right. bad because I know it's good. It's just me. I'm just not making that connection. You don't need to worry about me. <laughs> but... I, I'm sorry, Dutchies. It's just not happening. <laughs> Everybody reacts to music and differently, don't they? So, look, I'm, I'm very much with the team. It does connect with me. I do feel the genuine sort of connection with the song and the words. Hmm. Yeah, I hope, hopefully, like, maybe when I see a, a good, well-done live on stage, the kind of calm after the storm moment might occur for me. Hmm. Um, it could certainly do it. It has the quality. I'm very worried for it. I do think I've got it qualifying, but I do think it's touch and go. And I do hope if they do qualify, they announce them early and don't announce them last again like they always do to them. And if it can make the grand final, I see a very good jury score coming. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the big hurdle is just to get to that Saturday night there, isn't it? And then hopefully the rewards would come after that for it. All right. Big disagreements um, mm. from us on that one, but not um, not badly disagreeing like we have on a couple of others. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much. Catch up. As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.